hey everyone, welcome back to a new video. This is going to be my last video for the week as we head into the weekend. I hope you all enjoy it, and I hope you all have a really great weekend. If you have your own story that maybe you want to share, consider sending it to my website at southerncannibal.com. With all that being said, let's get into the stories. And remember to always, always, always stay on. I'm a female, and I was 17 years old at the time this story took place, around 5 foot 2 and weighing at about 110 pounds, but I was fairly toned, so I can definitely hold myself in most situations. I was at my sister's apartment, which was conveniently located right across the road from my own apartment. A little bit of background so you can understand how quickly some of these events played out. We lived in the projects which were two-story apartments for low-income families. My mom was visiting my dad in the next town over, so I was often left there alone for days on end. Now on to the story. For privacy's sake, we'll call myself Anne, my sister Violet, and my ex Sebastian. It was New Year's Eve of 2009, and my sister was throwing a party for all of our friends. And of course, there was a lot of alcohol and pizza. It was around 7.30pm when it started. People were going in and out, music blaring, lots of chatter and such. I was pretty damn tipsy by 9.15pm. I was sitting on the couch with a friend of mine who we'll call Ren. He's a little emo kid, who I even met through my ex, and he was honestly a really cool kid. He sat down on the couch with me, and we started chatting. My boyfriend was just rotating in different circles, standing around, and just wouldn't spend time with me whenever I tried to join. Ren and I were pretty tipsy, borderline drunk at this point, and we were talking about being depressed and bleak things, like all teenagers really love to do. He and I started laughing about something, when Sebastian then comes over with a really angry look on his face and asked what was so funny. Ren explains the joke, completely unaware that Sebastian was even mad. Sebastian just gives Ren a really annoyed expression after he explained the joke, and then he walked away. Ren then catches on that something was wrong, and he asked me about it. I explained he was just being jealous because I was having fun without him, even though he was the one avoiding me. Ren then apologized for getting me in trouble. I explained it wasn't him, and did not worry about it. Now, this wasn't the first time Sebastian showed his jealousy in really stupid situations. This was one of hundreds. So Ren then says, Mind if I ask you a question? Why do you put up with it? I merely shrugged, not really wanting to go into detail about it. But after thinking about it, I then got really angry, and then said, You know what? It's really not fair. He gets to go out and have all this fun, and I'm sure he does this with other girls. But why can't I? I mean, I'm just sitting here chatting with you, not fucking you, for Christ's sake. So what's wrong with this? We got into the topic of how unhappy I was, and I was really overtelling, like anyone who drinks too much typically does, when Sebastian then came up from behind me without me knowing, and Ren just watched in horror before I realized anything. 
as I continued blabbing on about how Sebastian doesn't care about me. And when I then turned around, my stomach dropped. Sebastian was hovering over me with his fist balled as he grinded his teeth, eyes wide and staring right into my soul. Come on! Sebastian shouted sternly as he jerked his head towards the door. He then proceeded to throw his beer bottle down on the tile as the glass exploded. It's time to go home. This is when everyone at the party then began to notice what was going on. So I rose from the couch, but I was going to down the last bit of drink that I had in my cup, when he then smacked it out of my hand, spilling it all over me. As I gasped, Sebastian turns around and glares at those who are watching, and then says, What? Is this entertaining for you? And then he turns back to me, then yelling, I said let's go. I immediately rushed to the door without looking back. Once Sebastian and I were at the apartment across the road, he asked me what the fuck that was back there. I told him I was just talking to Ren, and he accused me of flirting, and why Ren? Demanding to know why I wouldn't get up when Ren sat down next to me. Not really having a better answer than just I don't know, he got really pissed off, even more than he already was. The last time I cried and said I didn't know, he shoved me to the couch and then screamed at me. I said, why? So when he did this, I balled up, afraid he was going to hit me, and I told him that he promised he wouldn't do this. Drink too much. He then clenched his teeth and smacked his forehead against mine, demanding to know what over and over. I shifted away from him and then shouted he was being an asshole and really angry, and he followed up with, You're damn right I'm angry. He demanded I get up, and he asked why the hell I was flirting with his friend. I kept telling him I wasn't, and he shouted for me to shut up. I tried to beg him to listen to me when he screamed it, this time screaming so hard he made himself hoarse. I then started crying because one, he was angry as fuck, two, he wasn't listening and kept tyrannizing me because he misinterpreted it all and still wouldn't let me answer, and three, I was getting really afraid he might do something to me. It was already 10.45pm now at this point, and without another word, he turns and walks out the door, slamming it behind him as it shook in its frame. I then got a text from my sister Violet, asking why Sebastian was crying. I explained that it was because I was talking to Ren. Not even 10 minutes go by before my phone buzzed again, and it was Violet, then saying, and he's coming back. As soon as I read the text, the front door swung open, then creating a hole in the wall behind it. I frowned and told him to stop it and asked why he was here. Fury sparked in his eyes and then began spitting. What, so you don't want me here? So you can invite Ren over to fuck? I really tried to de-escalate the situation several times when he started literally screaming himself hoarse again. When I then finally bellowed, just stop already. He proceeded to bare his teeth at me as his face twisted up, kicking the table he was next to when I screamed for him to stop again. When I did, he then punched the little table, cracking it in the center, rendering it useless now. Stop, that's not even yours. I yelled. Well, you know what? I don't give a fuck. He screamed back. When I finally had enough, I screamed gutturally. Get the hell out! He then screamed no at the top of his lungs. 
then blasting his fist into a large picture that was hanging on the wall. Glass exploded everywhere as his hands started pouring blood. I certainly thought that was the end of it, but I was very wrong. His face twisted into a rage, and he began punching himself in the temple, with glass shards still on his knuckles, causing cuts to his head now. I got really afraid at this point. I didn't even know what to do or say. Way too scared to say anything, or even move. So I allowed him to continue beating his head. Finally, the energy left his eyes after all that punching and him screaming the whole time. During this process, he had also broken my mother's lamp and candles. The table was worse off, and there was blood splattered all over the place. When he started crying, and it was clear all the fury was gone, I offered calmly to clean his hand and temple up. It took me a while, but I got some tweezers, and I then removed all the glass from his hand and head, then bandaged him. Why did I do this after what he did, you might ask? I don't even know. I guess I was just stupid back then. He went back to the party after that, and I cleaned up his mess the best that I could, deep in depression now, as the exhaustion caught up to me. Now, what really makes me angrier about this entire thing was the fact that my own mother and sister sided with him. She actually had the audacity to say, Honey, he needs you. He's really having some trouble with himself right now, and he needs you to understand him. There's no one better than you. Then Violet chimed in. Yeah, he was pretty pathetic last night. He did a lot of crying when he came back. Both times. Additionally, years later, I came to find out that he ended up being diagnosed with borderline personality disorder. I also learned from my therapist that my parents, especially my mother, had been grooming me since early childhood to just deal with these things, like they're just supposed to be okay. That they were usually my fault, and I need to submit to my man. Yes, she actually did tell me this at one point, as she indicated it's in the Bible that a wife must submit to her husband and his needs. I've been away from him for a long time now, and I have a really amazing guy in my life, with a house and a kid. It's going on 11 years now, and he's nothing like Sebastian. I've also been learning over the years with not only the help of my therapist, but also my husband, that I don't need to be as my mother told me and taught me all those years. I talk to my mom as little as possible, and I rarely ever let her babysit our son, because I don't want her to groom him like she did me. Hey everyone, apologies for the interruption, but I wanted to talk about today's sponsor, ShipStation. If you run an e-commerce business, you probably feel like it's about time people stop treating e-commerce giants better just because they're bigger. And you're right. That's why ShipStation gives e-commerce sellers of all sizes access to the same deeply discounted rates that are usually only reserved for Fortune 500 companies. It's no wonder ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 sellers. ShipStation also allows you to save some money while making shipping a whole lot easier. But ShipStation doesn't just save you money. ShipStation works with over 45 carriers, easily compare rates and delivery times to quickly find the best option every time. It also works with over 300 platforms, like Amazon, eBay, Etsy, and more. And it can automate processes like fulfillment and tracking, so you can save time managing orders. 
Don't let all the big guys keep all the discounts to themselves. Sign up using promo code CANNIBAL for a free 60-day trial today at ShipStation.com and start saving with every shipment. That's two whole months of discounted shipping absolutely free. Just go to ShipStation.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, and type in CANNIBAL. ShipStation. Make ship happen. I'm going to be using aliases for privacy reasons, but the events in this story are true. My name is Cindy, and this happened in 2009. I met my ex Kevin during my junior year of high school, and we dated for ten and a half years. After our first six years, things started getting a little weird. Like he started telling me things such as, I prefer the term sociopath, and who would date a monster like me? I really should have seen those as red flags, and also the belittling comments regarding my various health conditions, especially my anxiety and depression. He would yell at me when I got silent because of an anxiety attack, or whenever I became depressed for a bit, and would tell me, snap out of it, please don't do this right now. God, you're just like a fucking little kid now. Shit, this is why you have anxiety, and whatever else the fuck you have. Then our 10 years roll around, and we start to hang out with some friends of ours like we usually do. We saw someone new in our group, and it was a mutual friend of someone in our group. We'll call her Jill. Well, Jill introduced herself, and she then started talking to my ex. I didn't mind it though. My ex was naturally friendly and really outgoing. But when Jill started telling my ex some really personal stuff about her home life, that really should have raised more red flags, because they literally just met that night. I remember a few years ago that my ex had mentioned to me that, I think people just feel safe telling me their secrets, babe. I kept the thoughts to myself until we went back to my house later that night. Over the next week or so, I saw him hiding his phone and being more suspicious around me. I asked him what he was doing, and he just said, Nothing, babe, don't worry about it. I heard his phone buzzing while I was taking a nap, thinking an alarm was going off. So I clicked it, and I opened his phone. I saw that there was a text from Jill, who was the mutual friend we met in our friend group. He was sending her inappropriate texts, and she was sending him inappropriate pictures. Most of the messages consisted of, I love you, and I'm going to leave her once I fix her attitude, I promise. I've wanted to leave her since our nine years. And then her message. Really, Kevin? Yeah, baby. You get me way more than Cindy ever did. And I promise we'll be together once I leave her. With a kiss emoji. Reading those really broke my heart. Now fast forward to 2020, right around COVID. I'm living with family away from Kevin, as well as any of the friends he introduced me to. Because I realized that whole group was just really toxic and just no good for me. Later on in September 2020, I met my current boyfriend Tony, who's still helping me heal from the trauma that Kevin put me through with all his toxic behavior. So thanks Kevin, for putting me through hell for ten and a half years, and making me feel scared every time I have an anxiety attack, or whenever I get depressed, thinking you'll yell at me, pinning me to the wall trying to protect me so I don't run away, or bruising me because you're holding me too tight. 
you really did have a personality like Ted Bundy. But I now have my Dark Knight in bad armor, thanks to Tony, who will always be there like a real boyfriend should, no matter what, despite all my mental health issues and other conditions. If I can leave the listeners with one piece of advice, let it be this. You can be with someone who you can think is the love of your life for so long, but never really know who they are until much later in the relationship. You can and will find happiness with someone else who never hurts you in any way, physically, emotionally, or even verbally. No one should ever have to suffer from an abusive relationship, and I'm really glad I got out when I did, so I could find someone who could help me heal and make me much happier. And I really am. I'm a female, and this happened when I was 18 in year 2000. I live in a big city. I was in my senior year of high school when it happened. Being so young, I didn't have enough to stay safe, and I fell for a lot of lies that I shouldn't have. I met this 20-year-old boy who became my boyfriend because he was friends with some of the guys I was friends with. We'll call him Joe. At first, Joe really wasn't my type, but he had really won me over with humor, sweet gestures, and compliments. And for the first three months, the relationship had no issues. He had been really nice, and I later realized that it was just all to gain my trust. Joe started smoking pot, which kind of bothered me a little bit, and I told him I didn't like it. He told me he was going to quit, and he asked me to help him quit. I never asked him to, but he offered. One day I was meeting up with him and some friends, only to find out from them that he was trashing me, saying that he had to sneak around because I was forcing him to quit, and that I was being a bitch. I just ignored it because I thought at the time that he was trying to save face or something. I didn't know. I would go to a club 18 plus almost every weekend, But Joe said he didn't like the club, and he didn't want me going there anymore. And he refused to go with me, and he later guilted me into no longer doing something that I liked. Joe's mother owned a whole apartment building, and he asked me to move in with him to his mother's house. I was hesitant, but I said yes. And that's when things got worse. Joe never quit smoking pot. He quit his job, and he didn't find a new one. Then he would scream and whine at me or his mother to give him $50 for pot. He would literally scream and have a tantrum like a child for hours straight. Sometimes me and his mom gave in because it was really torture having to listen to him. He started doing weird things like calling phone sex hotlines and then saying he didn't. One time when we were going to fool around and I got in lingerie, he then left to use the bathroom. And 30 minutes later... I go looking for him, and I knock on the door, and he's making noises, before then opening it, and I saw that he had the phone, and he was trying to hide it. I then asked him if he ditched me to call the phone sex lines, and he said no. So I hit redial, and it was indeed phone sex, and he then tried to lie, saying it wasn't him. He told me his mom was doing it to try and break us up, because she didn't like me. I would find porn vids in his room that he would tell me his mother was planting, and I actually started to believe him because the pornos were granny porn, but he very clearly had some weird fetishes going on that I didn't know about. 
It wasn't just the porn and the ditching me for phone sex or the money. Even though that was bad enough, he was also controlling. He said that I dressed too slutty and that I was very clearly trying to get men's attention. But the thing is, I didn't dress any different from when we met. He would also get really mad at me if a man looked at me, saying I wanted them, and he would accuse me of checking them out. He told me that he wanted me to wear his clothes so the men would stop catcalling me. I did put on baggy sweatpants and a men's hoodie. I remember this one time when I was holding his hand walking down the street, and some guy catcalled me still. He was so angry at me that he shoved me back in the house. The next time he demanded money from me, I told him no. He said that I needed to give him money and kept yelling at me. His mother walked in because he was being so loud. I still told him no and that I was really sick of giving him my money and he then started slamming my head right into the air conditioner. I then shoved him and stumbled back and I ran past him. His awful mother just did nothing but then say to me, How dare you hit my son, you bitch! I told him we were through and that I was so damn happy to be done with this crazy ass. But I wasn't. I decided to go back to clubbing because I liked it. The second night back, some guy I didn't know told me that he was friends with Joe and that Joe had apparently asked him to hang my computer and to spy on me or destroy it with a virus. He also said then he was outside the club with my picture telling men who went inside the club to stay away from me because I have STDs. This is when Joe found out that his friend wasn't going to actually hack my computer or put a virus on it, and that no one actually believed him about the STD thing. Joe decided he would come back into the club and then attack me by pushing and screaming at me. Now, everyone knew me at this club, and the bouncer came in, and Joe actually tried to fight the bouncer. The bouncer actually found a knife on him, and he forced him outside. After he was kicked out, everyone was just asking if I was okay. I didn't see him again after that because he apparently got arrested that night. I found out from a mutual friend that about a week later, he ended up going to jail because he was in a park and that he apparently got into an argument with two teenagers and he then picked up his skateboard and he bashed them in the head so hard until they were unconscious. One of them so badly, the guy almost died. I later found the news article about it and that he was apparently going to jail for 12 years. Once Joe got out of jail, he had tried to contact me on Facebook with a really long message saying that his mother died and that he now owned the apartment building. He also wanted me to come live with them. I was actually married with kids at the time at this point. He said that my kids could live there too. I mean, come on, as if I was going to leave my husband for him. I told him that he was delusional and that I'm married now and that even if I wasn't, I would never be with him again and I blocked him. One of my mutual friends told me that two years after that, that he ended up dying of a drug overdose, and that he lost his mother's apartment, and he had been banging prostitutes, and actually got one pregnant. I think I got out of that psychopath's way at the right time, 